0: All right, team, we are back with some bonus footage. We got Sage Bergner on the mic for a few more minutes. She has so much to say that we got some bonus footage. Here's a bonus episode with the one and only Sage Bergner. Sage, what's going on?
1: What's going on? Thank you. I know you had to do an additional episode because I talked so much. So,
0: <laughs> Man, it's a good problem to have. All right, Sage. One thing I've noticed online, obviously, I'm not invited. In fact, I don't even feel comfortable saying the word. But you got this bad B camp. Uh, tell us about what that is.
1: Yeah, so the bad bitch camp, bad B camp, I'll say it. Sorry. <laughs> um, This what this idea was developed on my kitchen floor. I was sitting there petting my new puppy Hank. And I was like, if I could do anything, because I've always been a really firm believer in don't have a job that you don't love. What is the point? And I know I've been very fortunate to like have to have grown up in the Bergner family. Um, I never take that for granted. But I just don't believe that anyone should be doing something career wise that they're not extremely passionate about, or at least working towards that. So I was like, what do what would be my ideal? Day like my perfect day that was also, you know, financially smart. And I was like, I would just love to get together with a group of girls and work out all day, eat and bond. You know, women love to talk. We love to get together and talk about our feelings. And we like to talk about, you know, all of those, those mental issues we go through and our stressors of our lives. And we're so good at like hyping each other up, right? It's like the beautiful thing about female relationships. So it's like, what if I just made a camp out of it and had like this woman's retreat where all these like minded women could come together, I could coach them in the Olympic lifts, I could basically show them how I live my life, what do I do to try and, and be the best woman that I could be? What do I think about on a daily basis? What do I do on a daily basis? How do I eat on a daily basis? What what are like the thoughts popping up into my head regularly and continuously? And so I developed these camps and they are just more than I could have ever hoped and imagined. And every time I leave, my heart is so full and I feel like I've made new best friends every single weekend, the women stay in touch with each other, like long after the course, we're talking about doing like reunion camps. And it's just like a great getaway for women who love to train hard and eat healthy and be around other people who like talking about training hard and eating healthy, right? Because as CrossFitters or Olympic weightlifters, people are like, yeah, I can't like really talk about it with my family or people because they get so annoyed with me. Well, guess what? You're around other people who love talking about it just as much as you do. So that's kind of what they're all about.
0: Yeah, I think that's just so cool to hear that from you, Sage. I think uh as a dude, obviously not being invited, I see these and I'm like, that is so badass. It's uh, I'm I'm almost I don't know if jealous is the right word, but it's just like so cool to see that going on. I think that the CrossFit space, the weightlifting space, the training space. I wouldn't say that they're male dominated, but they're very testosterone heavy, and so to see women stepping up and being, you know, their badass selves is just one of my favorite things. You know, Lauren and Sage, you two, some of my favorite like alpha females on the planet, and I just love it. You know, our gym, we uh, we're ran mostly by by badass chicks, and it's just so cool. And so to see a group come together with you. Uh, leading the charge uh, really fires me up every time you guys post something about that. So uh, whatever you're doing, keep that up. And hopefully that message gets out like, it's okay to be uh, have a little testosterone and some alpha in you as a as a badass chick. And uh, I just have so much respect and admiration and appreciation for the stuff that you're doing with that crew. So nice, nicely done, homie.
1: Thank you very much. Yeah, I have found with women that we all have a feminine side and a masculine side. And we tend to either stray towards one or the other depending on how we were raised. So some of us are very feminine, we're very emotional, we're very sensitive, and sometimes that can be skewed in a bad light. And then some of us are very masculine, we're very alpha, we like to step up and take charge and empower. And sometimes that can be skewed as bitchy you know, that can be skewed in a bad light. And I think that women just need permission to cater to both parts of their personality. If you're a little bit more feminine, add some masculinity in there. If you're a little bit more masculine, add some femininity in there and be a little bit more balanced between the two. And that's going to make you a really whole woman that you feel very proud of. And that's what I'm hoping to Help God. I don't have it all figured out. I don't have it all together, but I hope that just through talking to each other and being vulnerable with each other throughout the weekend, that women can kind of feel that and leave leave feeling that way after the camp.
2: Yeah, I was just watching testimonials of it before we hopped on the podcast and it looks so fun. I'm like, okay, when is the next one? We had a couple members ask when the next one is. So, and maybe we can link to however you register for that in the show notes. Um, So when tentatively is the next camp? I know things are different during COVID, but do you have a date for the next one?
1: Yes. The next one is Memorial Day weekend in May. So the last weekend of May and my website is being launched tomorrow. So there's going to be, yeah, super excited about that. So there's going to be um, a place where people can go and kind of figure out the details and whatnot, but I can't wait for you to come Lauren. Oh my
2: gosh. I'm seriously going to announce it to the ladies at our gym, because I bet we'd have a huge handful who would be all about it. Awesome. Thank you.
0: Okay. Now you're, you're a genius. You're a brilliant weightlifting coach. And, uh, I'd hate to let you go without talking a couple details for some movements. You cool with that? (laughs)
1: Yes. You really buttered me up by calling me a genius. So yes, I am cool with that.
0: Yeah. You know what that word means, right? What genius, what does it mean? Oh, I don't know. We could Google it. I just thought it would make you sound cool. And I wanted to lead with that. So (laughs) I don't know if that's helpful or not. Um uh, I'll I'll Google it. I'll put that in the show notes with the link to your uh your bad B camp if that's cool. But, all right, let's talk about uh let's talk about the snatch. Okay. One of the most difficult movements that we do as as people. Um what is the most common fault that you see, or maybe the most fixable fault that almost everybody is doing uh in the snatch?
1: I just love that you said one of the most difficult movements as people, because that could not be more yeah. I mean, accurate. If, you're, if you're
0: a person, you're a weightlifter <laughs> and if you're a weightlifter, you're doing the snatch. So, um, how do we, how do we get better at it?
1: I don't know if I could narrow it down to one thing, but I think if you look at the beginning, the middle and the end, so I would say those three points are generally where I find the most mistakes. And people are really concerned about kind of all of the small details in between those three points. When really they need to be focused on, what does my starting position look like? What does my finish, so that end of my jump, which is the middle of the lift, look like? And then what does my receiving position look like? The bottom of my snatch, the very well, not the very end of the lift, but when the moment that I receive the barbell, what does that look like? And what should it look like? So, very quickly, I won't because I could sit and talk about it in detail, but very quickly, what I'm looking for off the ground is a position where you are so balanced and strong off the ground, that that barbell cannot pull you out of that position. You have found a position that is strong for your anatomical makeup. And no matter how much weight is on the bar, it's not going to pull you out of balance or out of position. The finish position, we are trying to exhaust our leg drive. We're all about, with the Bergner methodology, it's all about jumping, right? We're keeping it simple. We're talking about jumping. And you jump with your legs. So the middle of your lift should be the hardest jump that you can possibly muster from your body. And your body should be in a position where you are fully extended ankles, knees, hips, as tall as you can possibly get from your jump. Not from a hip thrust, not from anything other than jumping super freaking hard against the ground. And then the end of the lift, I am in a position that suggests that I am ready to receive whatever weight is on that bar, whether it's a 45-pound bar or a 245-pound bar. My bottom position, my arms, my torso, my balance on my feet, my midline, all of my muscle groups are turned on and they are strong to receive any sort of weight that I have just jumped so viciously off the ground. Not a passive, I'm dropping, I'm catching this barbell in the bottom of an overhead squat. So if people can focus on those three things, balance off the ground, aggression and a violent jump, and then a super strong, sturdy foundation to receive that bar, they'll probably find that all of the little, small, intricate details in between will kind of just happen on their own.
2: Sorry, I didn't respond right away because I was like furiously taking notes as you talked. I was like, okay, balance off the ground, violent jump, receiving position. I'm like, I wanna go snatch a barbell right now. I'm fired up.
0: I like it. And uh, just had one more question from, uh, from our audience. They said, they asked, what's one way they can improve their power clean? I know it's pretty vague, but uh, do you have one quick tip to get a better power clean?
1: Yes, I would say you need to shrug around the bar more. So, and shrug around the bar and don't be afraid to change your depth to one inch lower than you think you should be receiving it. So most of the time when people think power, they think get the bar as high as they can, receive it as high as they can. And if they just change their positioning a little bit, change their depth a little bit to where they're receiving that bar, it tends to be a lot more fluid. They tend to not throw their feet out too wide. Their elbows tend to come around faster and the timing as a whole drastically improves.
0: Nice. That's really helpful. I agree. I think people think that it has to be way up high. They're trying to jump as high or, you know, get the bar as high as possible, receive as high as possible. Um, but there's still a lot of room to receive deeper, but stay above parallel. Super fun. So I know we've all worked together a little bit on some online courses and, uh, I want to throw the mic your way. Do you have any questions for us before we wrap this bonus episode up?
1: I do have a question for both of you and I'm, I am actually super excited about this. So Cody, I'll start with you. I, you just got hired on as the coach developer of Bergner strength, the development coach, right? How do you, what is the title? I
0: am in charge of team development, uh, for, for Bergner strength global, which I'm so excited about.
1: Okay. So when I saw that email, I was so fired up because. I've told you before, and this this makes me sound like a horrible person, and I don't mean it to, but I'm not easily impressed or inspired by people. It takes someone very particular, someone very special to inspire me to want to be better and to live my life in a more intentional way. And for whatever reason, you are one of those people. Just kidding. There's lots of reasons why you are that person. I truly just admire the way that you show up every day, just who you are as a person, any situation you're thrown into, you just show up in such an incredible, inspiring way to me. And so as someone who is like that, the two questions that I have for you are what, what makes you do that? Like, how do you wake up each day and show up as you are? it's just so like motivated and, and present with people and high energy and in inspiring, how do you show up that way? And also, as the team developer, kind of the coach developer, what do you look for in a coach? What are you trying to develop in people as people and as coaches? What is it that you want to see from people that you feel will make them generally better?
0: okay well first of all that thank you so much sage that that is flattering and i appreciate that so much especially coming from um another you know friend and coach that i respect so much like yourself um i think just to kind of touch on that first piece that drive i just love being part of the process of seeing people get from where they are to where they want to be whether it's as an athlete as a coach uh, manager owner whatever it is i like being part of that process That really fires me up. I don't like to pretend like that it everything is on my shoulders. I know that it's your win, it's your success. But I like being part of that process. It really fires me up to see someone say, I want this, but here's my obstacles. And to be someone that says, Well, let's build a map around or over those obstacles and get you closer every day. There's just a burning passion to be part of that process that I love. Um, I love cultivating independence of Hey, I'm gonna hold your hand for a while. I'm gonna lead you a little while and then I'm gonna let you go. And seeing that for a brand new athlete, a brand new coach is about the coolest feeling in the world. So I think that's where my drive comes from. I've been coaching since I was uh, 16, and I just ever since then I just loved it. It's my favorite thing about working with teams and and, and individuals. And then on the team development side, you know, this is, I talked to your brother this morning about how much I love this new position because it's something I'm passionate about at our gym and in our community and then globally with our coaching team here. And big picture, I believe that strong teams make strong individuals and strong individuals make strong teams. I love working with the individual person on what are their strengths and weaknesses, where do they shine, where do they have some vulnerabilities and how do we lean into those strengths and Work, you, you know, find someone that can compensate for the weaknesses or improve your skills in those weaknesses. I think strong teams make people be better, and the best teams come from strong individuals, right? And our four success pillars for who we want to be, I can break it down into four easy words: we believe, we care, we prepare, and we serve. We believe in the mission of of our gym. For Bergner Strength, we believe in the Bergner way. We believe in the curriculum the curriculum that we deliver worldwide. We believe in the people around us. We believe in why we're there. And we have this deep belief of what we're doing and its importance and its value. We care, we see care as a emotion and an action. I care in my heart, in my head, and with the things that I do. I care about the people that I work with. Um, I care about the people that I coach and the people in their lives. I care about uh, the facility that I'm at, whether it's my gym or if I'm doing a, co- a course somewhere else around the world, and um, and I care. It comes from a place of, I might not be very emotionally reactive, but I'm very emotionally driven, and my strongest emotion is is care, and I want to see that in, in the people that I surround myself with, and I want to bring it out from the people around me. Uh, we prepare. We believe that there's one opportunity to do things right, but an unlimited amount of opportunities to practice. I learned this in my old job. You get one gunfight and that gunfight has big consequences. It matters a lot, but you can rehearse it a hundred times as a team. You can rehearse it a hundred times on your own, in your head. You can be ready. You can prepare for the variables, for the unknowns. And we take that same approach as coaches at our gym, as leaders in our gym and on Bergner Strength. We only coach courses maybe once a month. And so how do I make sure that every course is the best course the world's ever seen through preparation. We prepare, we prepare, we prepare we practice, we rehearse and that's what makes us so sharp on game day And then we serve We're not here because we're cool we're not here because we want some status or some title after our name. We are here as an act of service to serve our members to serve our community uh, to serve the people around us to serve our own passions and ambitions that comes back to that passion of it's an act of service not not a position that we want people to look up to us and think that we're cool it's not a cool kids club it's not it's not about that it's not an ego uh thing it's a it's an act of service and um that's what i'm looking for people that have those things naturally they move up quickly uh, on our team they they make a big impact very fast folks that have gone the furthest on the burner strength team and uh at our gym have those things naturally inherently and or they're willing to recognize where they have some gaps and address those gaps and turn into a super super contributor uh, that believes that cares that prepares and that serves and that's our pillars for success all day long
1: that fires me up and i'm writing those down and i especially love the serve because especially nowadays in the world of social media everything is about getting recognition And I think that a lot of coaches have kind of tended to go in that direction of how can I get known as a coach from this specific athlete, rather than this is the athlete's journey. And I am just a guide standing a little bit behind them as they move forward. And that's beautiful. And I totally see that in you as a coach, which is super cool that you're practicing what you preach. And it kind of leads me into my segue into the question for Lauren, Lauren, Cody spoke so highly of you when he was out in California. And you know, you did a little bit of demo stuff with us with on the Bergner strength online course, but I haven't really, you know, gotten to know you very much. But he just talked about like, your organizational skills and, you know, the standard in which you hold yourself is really cool. And you're really young, right? How how old are you? 21. Yeah. So you're super young, which is very rare to find those kind of traits in a young person. So my question to you is, why are you like that? (laughs) Like, (laughs) why are you the way that you are? Is it is it an aspiration thing of like wanting to be a certain way? And so you're doing the work now and living that way, or is it a way that you've always been and will
2: continue to be like, what, why are you the way that you are? Oh, wow. Well, man, my heart's beating so fast right now. I never thought I'd be put on the spot for this podcast. I thought I was the host, but always be ready. Right. Oh, well, first of all, thank you. Uh, Cody and Sage for saying those things that means so much, especially coming from both of you. Um, Honestly, this is going to sound really cliche, but I think a lot of it comes from how I was raised. Work ethic is a number one core value for both my parents and I would probably say grandparents as well. And my dad especially has always been just an incredibly hard worker. He was kind of like you, like your dad was your coach from a very young age. My dad was my coach from age four to 15 for soccer, and he was really tough on me, and I used to hate him for it. But I think I have learned the most from coaches and mentors who have been the toughest on me. And even though that's really hard to hear sometimes, I also crave it at the same time. Like I crave feedback. I crave how can I get like 1% better every day? And then I think it also comes from musical theater too. So growing up, I did soccer and then some other sports and then musical theater until I was 18 was my main thing. And for that, you have to be so disciplined. You always have to prepare. You spend months and months preparing for just a couple of performances that are supposed to be near perfect. You know, you you have to knock it out of the park. If you drop a line, like the show must go on. And So I think that doing musical theater and professional theater too like I've had the opportunity to uh, perform on a couple of regional stages in the area and that just really taught me that there's no slacking off there's no showing up late there's just there's no excuses and even though I had some of the most challenging times through that that really I think seasoned me as a hard worker and as a human being. And funny enough, I, I talk to Cody about this sometimes, like I think that a lot in theater translates to CrossFit, just like when you're coaching a class, if you like forget one part of the warm up, like the show must go on. If you are teaching a lecture and you are like, oh my gosh, I forgot to say that really important thing. Like you have to go back and cover it. Like the show must go on. And yeah, that's, that's kind of what I attribute that too, if that makes sense, I feel like that was kind of a <laughs> word vomit. no,
1: that makes total sense, and I feel like also theater, you're put in very high pressure situations. How are you going to respond in high pressure situations when things have to be done perfectly and in a very specific way? And I could absolutely see the transfer or carryover in the the career and job that you're in now, so that's really, really cool and it like it says a lot about you, makes total sense now.
2: Thank you. That means a lot, sage. All right. Did you have any other questions? Anyone else want to popcorn put each other on the spot while we're at it? <laughs>
1: I don't think so. I think that was amazing,
0: yeah, I'm pretty good. I think that was a really great place to wrap this up. And this is gonna be the most successful bonus episode uh, that we've ever done. So, Uh, Sage, we appreciate you sticking around for a few more minutes and uh, getting a little deeper on a couple things. And uh, we really appreciate your time and uh, we really look forward to seeing you up here
1: sometime soon. Thank you guys so much for having me.
2: I hope you've enjoyed this Sage Part 2 episode as much as I have. It's hard to put into words how amazing these two individuals are, but I really like how Cody summed up his why in just a few key pillars. We believe... We care, we prepare, and we serve. I still have so many questions for both Sage and Cody, so we might have to do another bonus episode in the future. Have an awesome day, and we will see you soon.